Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, I just love this section of Matthew's Gospel where Jesus is trying as best he can, it seems, to put words on the ineffable mystery of the kingdom. It's like image after image just comes bubbling up out of him. And I love these two in particular that we have today, the image of the treasure buried in the field and the pearl of great price. And like the little boy in me loves that God compares the kingdom to buried treasure. I just love that. I really love that. A few weekends ago, I mentioned when we were going through these parables, I mentioned that these parables are are not like one-to-one simple explanations. They're meant to be, all of Jesus' parables, they're meant to be chewed on. They're meant to be savored. They're meant to be turned over again and again in our minds. And I mean, every year that we return to these images, there's just more and more nuances. They're so multifaceted, um, so many aspects. So what I simply want to do this morning is I want to just hone in on uh, just one aspect of these images, the aspect where Jesus says that after finding the treasure, the person goes in great joy and sells all that they have to buy the field to obtain, obtain the treasure. Likewise, the merchant, the pearl merchant, finding the pearl of great price, goes and sells all that he has, all that she has to Uh, obtain the pearl. This whole dynamic of going to sell all you have to obtain this thing of inestimable value. So what is Jesus trying to communicate? Well, first it's this, that whatever the kingdom is, it's not of relative value. Whatever the kingdom is, it's not of relative value. It's of absolute value. It's the kind of thing that once you've found it or I mean, we can flip these parables around and have it be that Jesus is the merchant looking for us. He's the treasure finder looking for us. Put it this way, that once you've found it, once you've tasted it, it's the kind of thing that elicits from you a desire to give everything. Right? It's that kind of good. It's not the kind of good that you can just be like, nah, I'll pass. Like, you can have the pearl of great price. I'm okay. That's not the kind of thing it is. That's not the kind of... Um, reality that the kingdom is. This brings me back to when, when I was 16 years old and I had my initial encounter with Jesus as a high schooler. I mean, you've heard me share the story briefly, but it was in the context of a high school youth group event. A girl that I had a crush on invited me to an event for the first fall retreat planning meeting, and I was simply there because I was hoping to ask her to homecoming. That's why I was there. I was not there because I was planning on meeting Jesus, but that's what happened, right? The priest, Father Damien, put the Blessed Sacrament on the altar, and I just got blown away by this person. Like, I went there for her, and I left because of him. (laughs) That's how it goes. He knows the bait to put on the hook. That's all I know about the Lord. But I met a person that night, and I met the kind of person who just was unlike anybody else. And I remember, like, coming out of that experience, I just, I threw myself into the church. I threw myself into wanting to know more about who this Jesus was, devouring books, being present at every Bible study, every event that there was offered. I was obsessed. And I remember my dad telling me, I mean, this, you know, God love him. He just didn't know any better, but he just kept saying, look, it's fine to have religion in your life. It's fine to have faith in your life. 
but it's like a pie, it's a piece of the pie. Like, don't make it the whole pie. There's a lot of other slices in the pie. And man, he and I, we went at it. Like, it was contentious. And what I couldn't articulate then, but I can articulate now is, Dad, what you don't understand is that I have, I, I encountered the kind of good that relativized every other good. Like, I found something that was so out of this world valuable that the only logical response was to give it my everything. That was what I encountered. Like the real Jesus, once encountered, he doesn't make us tame. He makes us wild. That's the real Jesus. The real Jesus doesn't make us tame. He makes us wild. We become inflamed, impassioned lovers is what really happens. Because that's who he is. That's what God is. God is love. He's an all-consuming fire. To meet him is to not be covered in a wet, mossy blanket. To meet him is to be set on fire. It's to do absurd things. It's to become reckless and prodigal like he did. To meet him is to break the alabaster jar of your life and to pour it out on his feet. That's what the real Jesus does when you meet him. I think about G.K. Chesterton who once said that your, let your religion, he said, let your religion be less of a theory and more of a love affair. That's what happens when you meet the real Jesus. That's what happens when you encounter love, right? I think about, I mean, all great loves do that. All of you who are married. Like I just was sitting there thinking about looking out, you know, at the congregation, looking at the couples who come to daily mass, like groups right here, right? I mean, is that not what happened when you met this person who became your spouse all those years ago? Did you not discover in this other person the kind of good that relativized every other good in your life, you found in this person, like, somebody worth selling everything for to have and to obtain? Like, that's what love does. Love, love is a totality. Love claims us in totality. Love says, I, I must have you in my life. And to have you in my life, I have to give you everything. That's what love says. Like, Spouses, it's here, take my name, take my future, take my money, take my past, take my present, take everything. Like, the kingdom is like that, is what Jesus is saying. It's not of relative value, it's of an absolute value. Because to find the kingdom is to find the king. Right? Where the kingdom is, there's the king. Where the king is, there's the kingdom. And like I said, meeting him is not like meeting anybody else. Like friendship with him is not like friendship with anybody else. Intimacy with him is not like intimacy with anybody else. And this treasure finder, right, and this pearl merchant, like Jesus says, to obtain the treasure, to obtain the pearl, they have to sell everything that they have. They have to render themselves utterly destitute. They have nothing now. This pearl merchant has nothing but the pearl. This treasure finder has nothing but the treasure. You have nothing but him. And they were able to let go of everything that they had because they were wise, right? You are wise to let go of everything that they couldn't hold on forever 
to lay hold of the thing that you can never lose. That's what the kingdom is. Because every other pseudo-treasure around us, every other pseudo-pearl that we collect in this life, because that's what we do, we're all treasure hunters, we're all pearl collectors, but they're not real treasures and they're not real pearls because they don't really last. Remember, what does Jesus say? Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust can come in or thief can steal. We store up for ourselves so many pseudo-treasures and pseudo-pearls all of it fades eventually, all of it rusts eventually, all of it eventually goes away. All the goods of this life, they all eventually dry up. None of them are solid enough or big enough or lasting enough for my heart. Because the reality is when everything else is taken, and everything will be taken, eventually, somehow, everything will be taken. When everything falls, when everything is stripped, how amazing is it to be left with the one thing that cannot be taken? Like Jesus plus the world is not more than Jesus alone. Jesus plus all the admiration of the world is not more than Jesus alone. That's why he's the treasure. How he looks at me, that's the treasure. Who he says I am. That's the pearl of great price. Nothing else can touch that. When you found that, when it's found you, when you have that, nothing else matters.